One day we will comfortably record again. One day. What's up, babes? I'm Nicole. I'm Topher. And we're the Horror Babes. And this is part two of our 1981 The Evil Dead versus 2013 Evil Dead. Now, if you have not listened to part one, stop this right now and go back and listen to that, where we actually cover the plot of both of the films, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, in part two... We're going to get into kind of a deeper analysis, and we're going to talk a little bit more about production and just further compare the two films. Yes. Topher's got plenty of production notes, as usual. He's got you there. And I'm going to talk a little bit about character analysis and just general plot things. Okay? Do you want to start with production or what? What are you thinking? Hmm. I was thinking that I had a lot of jokes, but I wasn't allowed to tell them on mic. Oh, God. He's butthurt. I am. I don't know what to tell you about that. I'm protesting. I won't do it. Just kidding. Let's go back to 1981. So this movie, the original Evil Dead, that is. Mm -hmm. The Evil Dead. Yeah, The Evil Dead is the official title. I have so many different variants of that in the way I've saved all these things. It's the slash the Evil Dead, parentheses, the Evil Dead. Just so many variants on that. Mm -hmm. But so, yeah, the... First thing I really wanted to get to is kind of put the Evil Dead in some historical context. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So there's been a lot of debate over what the first Cabin in the Woods, true Cabin in the Woods movie is, right? Because we do have Friday the 13th, which kind of is like that, but not quite the same. They're sort of ranging around a whole camp. You're saying the first one isn't Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Unfortunately, no. I'm very, very sorry. <laughs> Damn it. No, know, that movie's funny though. It's a par- I mean, it's a parody on all of the Cabin in the Woods movies, yeah. and it definitely takes from the Evil Dead for sure. No, it's definitely like a Wes Craven scream sort of situation. Yeah, most definitely. But it's also not Cabin in the Woods, which is again true, a, like high concept meta meta horror film. What yada 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 yada. Yeah. So, you know, we could say Sleepaway Camp. We could say Friday the Thirteenth. We could say. There's, there's just like a lot of debate, basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So I was doing this research, and I finally found what may have been the very, very first of this type, mm-hmm. and that's Equinox. The gym? The $300 per month gym? The homophobic $300 a month gym? Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Read them to bits. The YMCA is fine. I don't see what the issue is. Yeah, I, I've never spent that much on going to the gym, but... Or you can work out from home for free, which we've all found out during quarantine. Yeah, for sure. So, because I got to get ready for, in case I got to run from some demons who want to swallow know. my soul, I got to be ready. Got to keep that cardio up, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Equinox, what, what right. the hell is that? So Equinox is a, a horror film from 1970 that I would love to eventually cover on this. I know I've seen it. I don't remember a lot about it, but it's one of those that sort of put in context of history a very important movie. Cool. I've, I've like never even heard of it. Yeah, it was just like an indie little out-of-the-way project that Sam Raimi loved. Mm-hmm. So the only difference is that there is n- they don't stay at the cabin for the entirety of the movie in Equinox. So that's sort of like a staple of the genre, is that you're stuck in this out-of-the-way it's cabin in the woods. single setting. Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. right. So there is a portion of that movie that's done there. I think they go to a cave or something like that after. I don't know. It's, it's pretty... It ranges more than this one does. Yeah. So... That would make Evil Dead, the Evil Dead from 1981, the mm-hmm. first widely known. I'm sure there was some other movie before that, but there is, it's the, I think, the most widely known 
first. If gotcha. that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a funny, like, you know, genealogy here is that it, the Evil Dead is based on Within the Woods, which is also Sam Raimi's concept film for this movie. Yes. That's how we got the funding that we talked about. Yes, yes. And then that movie itself, Within the Woods, is a an homage to Equinox. And that um, little subgenre of horror films is going to exist forever. Yeah. Like, I'm confident in saying that because it's such... Once again, we go back to isolating. Right. Whether it's Midsummer, whether it's a Cabin in the Woods situation, whether it's Rosemary's Baby where you're emotionally isolated. Yeah. Isolation is always going to be scary. Yeah, and it's a good way that, like... A cabin in the woods type story is a great way to get your characters out of range of help. Like, um, yes, House of the Devil, right from two thousand nine. Yeah. And it's easy to say that like cell phone service is not a thing. Yeah. Right. So it's another. Yeah, it's, it's a, a workaround. It. Exactly. Of even like the five G. Yeah. That's out now. Like it's it's a great workaround. <laughs> and... Please don't be five G conspiracy theorists. Sorry, I just need to say that to cut. You. I don't need to cut you off, but people need to hear that they should not be five G conspiracy theorists. It's There's crazy. so many out there. So many. I, I've only skimmed the surface, I think. Yeah, I burned an afternoon reading a bunch of them, and they're all wild. It, it seems wild, but yeah, so I mean, this is going to last forever, Yeah, and I'm it, into it. I mean, honestly, Cabin in the Woods as a genre is, is still just a flavor of, like, Dracula, right? Yeah, Because definitely. the whole point was that, at least the first part of that book, because they're isolated in this castle mm-hmm. away from everything. Well, so. and you can like you can pepper in so many different things. You can do a haunting. You can do mm. a possession. You can do just like a crazy killer in the woods. You mm-hmm. can do, you know, something ethereal, or you can do something tangible. Right. Like there's so many things you can do with that setting. Exactly. Yeah. So another sort of first for this movie. Again, it's not necessarily I, when I say first, I don't mean the first one ever to do it. Please let me know. I'm super interested in... Uh, this is going to be the one one of the few times I'm like asking you, please fact check me, because I'm so interested in the history of horror. And there's just certain answers that I don't know because I'm not perfect and my brain is weird and stores random facts, but not all of them. Right. So, yeah. No, I'm, I'm interested in knowing um, the evolution of it as well, because yeah. just being inspired by things around me and how other people do the same and, and just build upon that, I think it's Def. really fascinating. So... It would be kind of fun to do like a marathon thing where you see how it evolved. Mm-hmm. But it might also get muddy because it's hard to pinpoint what what yeah. is what. It's kind of based on opinion in a way. But that would be kind of interesting. Yeah, you could also say, oh, when was this one? This, maybe this one was released later, but it was filmed earlier. All that sort of yeah, stuff. Exa- yeah, that's where the um, production side gets a little muddy. Yeah, trying to but, figure that out. Yeah, so when I say first, I just mean the first most popular. Yeah. Does that make sense? The one that was, the, yeah, the one that set it off, yeah. right? Like Jaws wasn't the first blockbuster style movie. It was just no. the first one that made it popular. And that's what I yeah. mean when I say first here. I don't, I'm not yeah. trying to give anybody undue credit, but I am trying to give them the credit that is due. Yeah. So another cool first here, with all of that said, is the use of stop motion animation. In this. Yes, that's one of my favorite favorite parts of the evil dead mm-hmm. is that like gross uh stop motion of like the decomposing possessed bodies and like yeah. they're oozing out that like gross looking stuff kind of looks like bad guacamole or something yeah. and like i love that i love that part it's super great so that was done by tom sullivan it's very, it's super creative, and you know how we both feel about Definitely. CGI. So creative. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll get to that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I will have a CGI rant. 
one of the great things about Raimi is he's kind of kept this core group of people mm-hmm. that keep helping him make these movies. And yeah. they basically all met at Michigan State. So yeah. him and Campbell, it's unclear. Like, they'll sort of go back and forth about how long they've known each other. Mm-hmm teenagers is roughly it but that could be early college before Raimi dropped out yeah and so they definitely met early on Scott Spiegel who wrote Evil Dead 2 mm-hmm. they were uh, he and uh, Raimi became huge friends over bonding over the Three Stooges mm-hmm. Rob Tapert also went to Michigan State and he's been Raimi's producer on like everything mm-hmm. and then they also met Tom Sullivan so he did all of the makeup effects for Evil Dead. Cool. And he's also the one who really just like, I, I have such a respect for people who understand low budget craft. Mm-hmm. I frequently, yeah, frequently, not occasionally, right, refer to movies that I've worked on just because it's fun and it's a nice way to cite resources and remind people that I'm a filmmaker. Yeah. So one of the really cool things we did on the movie was we didn't really, we were shooting in black and white and we didn't really have a lot of money to work with we had like a grand for the budget mm-hmm. like no one made a dollar on the film yeah so like i think we even rented the camera for free mm-hmm. sort of thing so or like on, as a favor or something so one of the things we had to work with was that we had to do blood but we didn't really have money for like to make fake blood it's yeah. cheap but it's just one of those things that like one it gets everywhere two we were shooting in somebody's car for the scene mm-hmm. and didn't want to destroy it and three, it was just, like, a whole thing, and we had to get the shots in. Yeah. Because we were shooting using natural light. So we had to figure out how to make fake blood look good in black and white. And that's the, that was the other reason. Is that like, what's the point in using all the red starch and, and food dye, or cornstarch and red food dye? When you're not going to see it. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it turns out it actually creative. looks worse when you can't see the color. Really? Because we played with that a little bit. We made, like, a small batch and tried it, and it just, like, didn't work. Uh-huh. So what we did was we bought a bottle of chocolate syrup. Oh, how did how did that go? Fantastic. Nice. The viscosity's all right. The color's True. super great. It like it's a really nice contrasty color in black and white because it's that deep rich brown. Yeah. And so it's really cool. So I, I have a, this is like my history with like I love low budget effects because you just have to do something. Well, and like speaking speaking of blood, it, I pointed out pretty early on in the Evil Dead that I was like I was like oh that's how blood you can get at Party City. <laughs> that's like straight yeah. up like the uh, corn syrup with the dye in it, which I it didn't bother me because it's so campy already. And oh, of course, yeah, it's definitely like the spitting like it, it's the epitome of camp. Yeah, and and here's where I can compare the two movies is, is that if they it wasn't going to fly in the 2013. No. Because it's not campy. But the first one being as campy as it was, but yet they they definitely made some big calls on what they spent the money on, like the effects and stuff because um, like I said some of it looks really amazing and incredible and some of it looks like Bruce Campbell's got like some gorgeous drag highlight on right, right. that's purple you know um like for the bruising so yeah that's a difference between the two movies for sure is mm-hmm. that i don't mind that like the effects don't look top notch in in the campy one because it it has its own place but would not fly in it wouldn't be scary. It would, just, it, it would be in this weird purgatory of like, am I supposed to be scared or am I supposed to laugh at that? Like, it exactly, would just it yeah. would just have like a really off-putting, just not well-made sort of uh, feel no, to yeah, it. No, yeah, it would feel wrong. Yeah. But the first one, 
But the first one, Gorge. So going back to Tom Sullivan specifically. Yeah. He, we're, I'm going to post this article as we always do in the episode description with mm-hmm. our footnotes. Like, uh, there's, so there's some really cool production photos from Tom Sullivan in this article from oh, Tested. Oh, sure. And it's like him making all the prosthetics and like putting all the like horror deadite makeup on Cheryl, Ellen Sandwise. Mm-hmm. So he's sort of like talking about this years, years, years and years later about like working with Sam and saying like, oh, this is this goofy kid who had only made comedies and we weren't sure he could do horror, but he was gung ho and just like studied film. So we kind of just were like, you know what? Fuck it. I bet he can do it. Yeah. But that's why he brought, that's why Sam Raimi brought Tom on Mm -hmm. was that he was just like, okay, I need someone who can make this stuff so yeah the blood and evil dead did start with the usual formula corn syrup for food coloring but they added coffee to it and that's what gave it that really like those grounds in it gave it that sort of grainy gross texture so that was one of his first things that he did he's like oh yeah no totally doing that do they say anything about the milk it's probably not milk but like (laughs) in the film they just projectile vomit like this white stuff which to me is 10 times more disgusting than like the black like goo coming out of a mouth like we see in the Mm -hmm. 2013 film and i don't know what it is i think it's just like the bright white color just like really freaks me out right and i think maybe it's because i've seen like i feel like in recent movies i've seen the black more So when you go back and watch one where they're just spewing out white looking like milk stuff, I think it's just not something I'm visually used to. So it It like, it just, I'm just like, oh, it just looks disgusting. So nasty. But some of the other cool things that like, I just like pointing out like what people, what a good prop master, makeup artist, practical effects guy can do. Mm -hmm. Or person, I should say. Yeah. Can do. So the other thing he did is he's the one who designed the Book of the Dead. Nice. Because Sam Raimi had made one that was kind of like, it was supposedly just like a little bit leather with like some letters from an ancient alphabet on the front. And uh, Tom said he remembered looking at it and going, really, this is a book of the dead. It should look like something so evil you don't want to pick it up. Yeah. And it's like, and it kind of reminds me of, it reminds me of, and maybe other films took this idea from it, but it reminds me of a lot of like spell books or you know, books that we see, like, it kind of reminds me of the Hocus Pocus one, minus, like, the eye. It doesn't have an eye in it, but it has that, like, kind of paper mache look that they've painted, and... Yeah. Is that what he... Is that a type of technique he used, or something else? So what he did was, it was literally made of leather, Mm -hmm. and what he did was took inspiration from Ilsa, the she-wolf of the SS. Yeah. As in, like, the major horrific Nazi person. Yeah. So what she... There were these legends about her that she would make book covers and curtains and lampshades out of human skin. So oh, yeah, that's I was why about he to took, say. So he took pieces of leather and stitched them together and made the face. That's cool. That was malleable so he could move it and you could have those scenes where it's like whispering. Yeah, that's cool because it does just look like gross, you know, wrinkled up skin or bunched right. up skin. Not really wrinkled, but like bunched up. And... It is pretty terrifying. And then you see, what, is it covered in like barbed wire in the new one in the 2013? So yeah, when they wrap it up, it's in black plastic and barbed wire. Yeah, so that, you know, do not touch. But of course they fucking touch. Right. And that's how we get the entire movie. Yeah. (laughs) So there's just a few other cool things that like, uh, that Tom Sullivan helped do. And I just love singing this dude's praises because he's fucking so brilliant and invented so many things. Yeah, sing them. So you know how we love... We just love, love, love that uh, shaky cam follow footage. 
Oh, like following the the demon or the, the entity. Yeah, as just, when you're yeah, you have the point through of view the, the woods. Yeah. yeah. No, I love mm-hmm. big big mood, right? So <laughs> yeah. we fucking love those I shots. I point that so out cool. every time. They are and cool. They've never been done before yes. until this movie. That's and yeah. you want to know how they did them? How? So Sam Raimi and Tom Sullivan disagree about how it was done. Which I find very funny because Sam Raimi loves the myth of his movies. Oh, like like he doesn't remember what really. Well, I think it's that Sam likes lying, and Tom's like, "Nah, man, that's not what we did." Got it. So He's Sam just so wrapped him, up. Yeah. So <laughs> Sam wanted him to lie to everybody and tell him that like uh, Sam Raimi was sitting on the handlebars of the of this motorcycle and they crashed through the house and all this stuff. And Tom's like, "That's that's kind of bullshit," but it's a good story. Right. Dangerous, <laughs> but. And it would be dope if they had it. Yeah, yeah, but but there are parts, there are some bits of truth to that. So they definitely did mount, as far as I can tell, they definitely mounted the camera, the for the shaky cam on mm-hmm. the front of a bike, which was a smart, a smart move because like you could pick up any sort of thing with wheels and do that. But I think a bike gives you like a perfect sort of that rattle. Yeah, it gives you yeah. the speed too. Yeah, without having to actually speed up the footage. Couldn't put it on a lawnmower, but that right. wouldn't have worked either. You know? Yeah. So supposedly he's like, oh, yeah, we smashed the doors, ran into Bruce, broke his arm, a leg, even one of his ribs. But that did happen. It's just that he was lying about how it happened. Oh, so it's like one of those stories where you're like, or like, oh, I broke my leg because I like, you know, I don't know, ran into a corner or like, like you did yeah. something stupid or you tripped over uh, your child's toy. Exactly. But you want to make it sound badass. And you're just like, so I was on a motorcycle and you're like, oh, OK, dude. OK. Right. And sure like, you are. I was riding the handlebars <laughs> and like Tom's driving it and we almost died. We nearly killed Bruce and all this stuff. I so find I that somewhat love. endearing. Yeah. Like I think it's it's kind of cute. I'm sure it annoys some of the people that he's worked with because they're just like, no, that's not like you're just trying to protect your <laughs> ego. But I somehow find it a little bit endearing. When it comes to him, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, I mean, he definitely did pull a lot of bullshit on this set. So, like, I love Sam Raimi and I love, I understand how hard it is to make a movie, especially when you're kind of like, it's winter in Morrisville, Tennessee, in the fucking right. mountains and everything's awful. Mm-hmm. But, like, the torture more came from, like, what they had to endure particularly mm-hmm. with makeup like you and i have both done heavy makeup and it, it can get claustrophobic like i yeah. know jim carrey said he underwent fucking torture training to get through the grinch makeup yeah he like he had it in his head that they were like trying to torture him yeah which i get i'm crazy too so i understand that i mean i'm sure that took hours yeah i can um, imagine that was less than like a four-hour process for that probably every single day very hot costume oh it's very hot but you probably didn't mean like that. No, I meant like... <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that really fucked with everybody was the the contact lenses to get those dope white eyes. They were oh. like the size of a silver dollar. And this is before soft lenses were a thing. So these are glass. Oh, so they were... Ooh, I've never... See, I wear contacts, but I have never had the hard ones. I've always mm-hmm. had the flexible ones. And I, I always get a little bit sad when I see Halloween costumes that involve really dope contacts because I can right. never do one of those costumes because I have to be able to see. <laughs> and it's just like... And I know you can get prescription ones, but like I'll commit to a costume, but not at the expense of like my rent or yeah, food. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a very thrift store committed Death. Halloween costumer. And I've done pretty fucking well. Yeah. Like I said, we're going to put up the uh, photos of us from a couple of Halloweens ago as Ash and Mia. Yeah, my Mia dress was literally from Walmart. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe I found it, but it's perfect. Can't wait for you all to see. <laughs> <laughs> so the other funny thing they would do is 
to avoid like cut like they they were shooting around the clock. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Tom Sullivan I think this is gonna be the last thing I say about him because I'm just going on long here about the effects right of just one movie because we have plenty to talk to, to about the other one as well. Yeah, we should probably wrap that up. <laughs> so he would wake the actors up, take them to the makeup section, lay them on the cot. Let them go back to sleep and then dab latex paints on their face for the next four or five hours. Then they'd wake them up and they'd go act. That's crazy. So all of the like dead eye makeup and everything they had to do, he would grab them from where they were sleeping, just lay them down on the cot and just like work for four hours. Bruh, I can't. I I couldn't. How? How could you be able to sleep while someone's putting latex on you? Because they're working 18 hours a day and he's, they're bone tired and exhausted and freezing. I get that. But I think I would, like, I'm one of those weirdos who just, I can't sleep unless I'm like perfectly comfortable. And like, I I just could not, I don't think. I would just like go on set bone tired. Like it it wouldn't get any better than that. (laughs) If that was the case. Yeah. So that's that's I think that's what I've got to say about the yeah. effects on the Evil Dead from 1981 because there's so much there. It's such a mm-hmm. rich history, and there's actually a really good documentary from like a few years ago, I want to say like 2015 ish maybe, mm-hmm. called Invaluable, mm-hmm. where he uh, it, Tom Sullivan just like looks back on his Evil Dead days and like tells a lot of this these stories and stuff. So it's a cool. if you're interested in all of that, definitely go check that out. It's a really cool documentary and definitely worth your time. Yeah. So yeah, I, and then we've got the special effects for the 2013 Evil Dead, which I mentioned is, they definitely go a more realistic route than the first one. Right. I mean, you've got some really, really great gore in this one. So some really visceral stuff. And you've also got, and it's all earned. Like, I'm I'm the last person who is ever going to watch a torture porn horror film. It's just not my thing, not my no. genre. I like it when the gore is earned or just there for and plot not the, advancement. And not necessarily the point, you know? Like Yeah, this one was... This one, it was necessary because of the genre and the setting that it's in. There is no inherent danger unless there is that gore. Right? It doesn't right. make... Like, you can't prove anything unless there is that gore there. Like, the... Uh, Olivia. Yeah. Who's, like... Uh, sawing her face. Sawing her face. And you've got Eric who sees it. So it's, like, proof of concept in a way. Yeah. So that's how that gore is earned. Is that it's... You don't have anything tangibly scary unless you have that in this setting. Yeah. Right? And then you've got the incredible makeup that they did on Mia. Yes. When she is possessed and, you know, doing the creepy, like, in the in the basement thing. Yeah, just popping just, like, herself popping up. Herself oh, up. She's so good in that moment. Yeah. That... Not to mention Natalie, David's mm-hmm. fiance, with the electric slicer in her arm. It's like a... Because it... even that's not... Like, they could pull away at that. So there's a quote yeah. from Fetty Alvarez that's really cool, where he's like, there's a moment where a girl goes through her arm with a kitchen knife. Spoiler alert. And we knew since day one, the camera would start wide. She goes to the knife. You see her arm. She starts going for it. And you think you're going to cut away at any moment, but we don't. Yeah. We just go for it. And she screams and the arm breaks and falls. So we really tried to push the boundaries there, trying to create those illusions. It has a particularly bloody ending. That last scene is just, I want it to be the bloodiest scene ever. And I think it is. And I love how much he loves 
Yeah, how much thought was put into that. Yeah, and that that's a theme as well because towards the end of that movie when Mia is trapped under the car yeah, because she's trying to get away from mm-hmm. the demon and she just slowly pulls until you just see all the tendons coming apart Ooh, and then the skin, the skin rips and it's just, it's... It's brutal, but we that that seems. <laughs> I know, right? That seems to be a theme in all of Evil Dead because I mean I'm going to reference Evil Dead two here right now, but when he has to chop off or saw off his hand with the yeah. fucking chainsaw, and then there's you know Mia with pulling pulling her yeah. arm off, and then the girl uh, sawing off with a kitchen knife, which yeah, which we did this on Halloween. <laughs> And he was he was Ash from Evil Dead 2, so he didn't have a hand, but he right. had a chainsaw as a hand. Yes. And I had my chainsaw, but I only had one hand as well. You had the stump, yeah. I, yes. And I went out, uh, or we, we went out with friends, of course, to have a couple drinks and show off our costumes. And let me tell you, two hands between two people is a fascinating way to spend it's not quite enough hands yeah well and i my hand was not in the chainsaw so i had no hands really right i had to put my chainsaw down but i mean do it for the bit right yeah, do yeah. it for the bit it's not it was not ideal <laughs> but one of my uh, one of my good friends olivia when i decided um because this year i was one of the nurses from silent hill so i made like a paper mache mask and everything um and i won um a costume contest so sure did eat it and my friend olivia was like you just insist every Halloween to like have something missing. Like I couldn't see <laughs> my mouth was covered except for a tiny little slit. I was carrying around a metal straw, which you should do anyway if you're going to bars. But I had like a metal straw so I could even just drink my drink. And the year before that, I had almost no hands. Yeah. So she's like, yeah. you just insist upon like hindering yourself every Halloween. <laughs> I'm just like, well, you know what? I do it for the bit. I commit and I win contests. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just love with all of that that, yeah, there was just zero CGI. I mean, they, they used it for touch up. Yeah. But on for anything you see on screen, it happened in camera. Yeah. And I, I absolutely. He said they studied a bunch of different magic tricks and illusion work and things like that. Which I think is super cool. I mean, we've talked a little, we've touched on our views on CGI a little bit on this podcast. And we, or at least I feel, I'm not going to speak for you, but I feel like it's a useful tool. And I think that it is definitely, I applaud the people who, who do that. Yeah. I think it's an, it's an art form in itself, but I do think for filmmakers, it can be a cop out. So I love it when you're using practical effects, but the CGI comes in to kind of clean it up and just make it a little bit scarier. Yeah, yeah. And I'm you fine know? with that. But I love that the gore was real. Like they made, they took the time. Like he, it, it's funny. It seems like it's impossible to make an Evil Dead movie without it just being the worst fucking experience for everyone involved. Oh, was this one bad too? 70 days of shooting at night straight no breaks it's not it's like that is just an intense shooting schedule anybody who shot something you shoot for two weeks and you've usually got it 70 days straight well at least at least in in horror films the more disheveled you look 
for the actors. Yeah. The better. Like and that I that was Raimi's approach. He's got like a I little mean, bit of that. Uh, it's a little too Kubrick method to him, <laughs> but it, it's a little too method for my taste. But I mean, yeah. at least you're not having. At least you're not in a romantic comedy where you're having to be like the ingenue or whatever mm-hmm. and look picture perfect. Yeah, wake up in a full face of nude makeup. Oh my and... god. It's just ridiculous. Perfectly tussled curls, yada yada. Yeah, it's like okay. But yeah, there's that. So I just love that he's like, yeah, it's cheaper to use CGI and it's faster. But fuck that, we're professionals. And I'm just like, well, I also just think oh. it kind of that's that's how I've always seen film come together as such an interesting art form is just trying different things and seeing how it translates on film. Because we all know that if you do something in person, um, like stage versus film, it's not going to translate the same way and that's a good thing and it's also a bad thing because you don't know what's going to translate until you do it so it's trial and error but illusions exist right, right? and that illusions, is where illusions michael <laughs> i love this idea of fede alvarez being job from arrested development yeah i'm i'll i'll rock with it but yeah you can use like different camera illusions and angles that shows what you want or what you don't want to make it you know more interesting or more creepy, yeah. more suspenseful, more disorienting. Which, speaking of, the layout in this cabin is so confusing. Yeah. And I think my first instinct is that that is somewhat intentional. Mm-hmm. Because we don't know. There's You can't just yell, like, go over there. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, go hide in the closet. Where's the closet? Where's the bat? Like, it completely disorients you. And then, of course, we've got... Because you can, you can say, like, oh, what I would do is I would I would run up out of there. But they try that. Yes, they try everything. Movies. Yes. They try everything. The bridge is done for. So or, the moral... Or the road is washed out. Yeah. Or, yeah. So the moral of the story is go somewhere where there are multiple ways out. <laughs> but then again, the demon probably knows that and is probably going to screw up your plans anyway. So, yeah. It's I don't funny. know, man. It's it's funny to me that like Jane Levy is probably the only person who loved working on this movie, these movies that wasn't Sam Raimi or Fetty Alvarez. So mm. I found this fun interview with uh, with her from Dread Central. I mean, her character is kind of a dream role. So that's what she said. So she's, yeah, uh, she was like she had just come off of Suburgatory when she did this, mm-hmm. which is her sort of ex- her big exposure. Right. So. She said, uh, I'm just going to quote her here from the article. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to work on Evil Dead because of how different it is from Suburgatory. I guess that's my main goal in this industry, to work on different stuff and play a wide range of characters. Which she's done. Yeah. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Completely um, different than Suburgatory. Completely completely different different than this. Completely different than Don't Breathe. Yeah. Good on her. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she says, yeah, that the process of creating a new person is so fun for me. I love the initial makeup and hair test before the start of a new job. I'm always campaigning for a new hair color or length, anything to look as different as possible. And then she goes on to say that the role really intrigued her because of how much uh, she could learn about technical and special effects, which makes it sound like we're going to be seeing a Jane Levy horror film at some point. Down. So, so down. So ready for it. Oh, can her and Mae Whitman team up and like just scare the pants off of us? I would love that. I, I would love anything they do. They're they're a solid partnership. Mm-hmm. A horror film by them? Yeah. Thro- would, throwing watch, all of yeah. my money at that. I will like, I will do anything I can to make that happen. Also, if you need an actor, I'm available. <laughs> I will work for you. I love you. I will carry your cameras. I will yeah. I I will bring I'll you boom. I will bring you any latte you want. I <laughs> love those ladies. Flowers, you got it. They're amazing. The other thing she said was that she just was, uh, 
So she's talking about getting her body casted so they can make the prosthetics. Usually this is a miserable process. I don't know if you've done, if you've been casted before. No, I have not. It sucks. They cover you in plaster and gel. It's super gross. Your skin can't breathe. One of the weird jobs I, like one of the 10,000 jobs I worked in college was that I was a model for the art studio. Mm-hmm. Like for all the art students. Because I, I was an art student, kind of. But, so I could get into certain classes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but one of the great ways to make money was to be a nude model. Which led to right. more work. Because if you're one of the only male-bodied people modeling, yeah, everybody wants you. Makes sense. So... They would all bring me in and I would get, you know, pulled for body casting, pulled for this and that and the other. But the casting was always the one I hated the most, especially like facial casting and stuff like that. Because you just have like a straw to breathe through and you can't talk. You're just stuck in the dark for hours and it's so miserable because you have to wait for it to set. Yeah. But Jane Levy liked it. Yeah. She said, she said the process entailed getting your whole body covered in green goo, like the stuff they put in your mouth for tooth casting and then being paper mache. It was the coolest thing ever. And I'm just like, Jane, what? I I love how much she she just loves it. Like, (laughs) I I think it's dope. No, it's Uh, amazing. It's really funny. And it's it's so funny that like everybody in the original film, and granted, effects and like makeup and all the context and stuff like that back then were way worse yeah they've advanced for sure yeah they're a lot more kind to actors these days yeah in terms of like the kinds of things you use for effects yeah but it's just funny to me she's like yeah i loved it i just sat there in the dark for hours and couldn't breathe and couldn't couldn't smell or eat or go to the bathroom just was stuck and it was fine i was happy I kind of feel like if I was so stoked that I was playing a role, I probably would be pretty stoked on that too. Yeah, like, like I mean, it wouldn't I get be it. my favorite thing, but it would it would at least just be something like this is so cool, like this is happening, so this whole thing can happen that I'm yeah. really excited about. But yeah, speaking of characters and and character development, for sure, um, like Jane Levy. So in the 1981, The Evil Dead. You don't really know much about the characters. They're very flat. Yeah. They're very we 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 only know partially their relationships, right? We've That's got right. you know, we've got boyfriend girlfriend and then brother sister. Brother sister. And then boyfriend girlfriend. It, yeah, we we that's literally like all we know. Yeah, right. That's, that's literally it. But honestly, in a slasher film, that's not what you're there for most of the time. No, you like, get enough you to d- know about the character to care about the characters a little bit. Yeah, but you're um, there for like a big big splashy thing. You're there for a romp, right? Yeah, exactly. That's you're a perfect there, word. Yeah, you're there for just like a fun romp. You don't want to get too involved. It's like a weird one night stand. That's right. Right? Yeah. Like, you're just, you're just in and out. Um, you see a bunch of people get slashed brutally. I mean, God, now I'm starting to question everything about my, my why do I like this stuff? It's because we're in day 5,000 of quarantine. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a crisis right now. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But in the new one, in the 2013 Evil Dead, you get a lot more. You get a hell of a lot more from the about, jump. From the jump, we already know that they are going to this cabin to help Mia detox from heroin. Yikes. Already yikes. Already feeling for her that she's trying to kick this thing. She's trying to better herself. Already endeared to Mia. Exactly. You're um, rooting for her. She's you're the rooting for Yeah, you're rooting for her. And you're... You're rooting for her because you also know that they have done this before. They reveal that very early. 
that they have done this oh, yeah, thing absolutely. with her, put her in this isolated cabin and just been there for her. And then you've got Olivia, who is the nurse. Yes. Who is also one of her really good friends, who is uh, almost, you know, rooting for her the most because she's like, I know you can do this. Um, and then you've got her brother who's been away for a while because he couldn't deal with his their mother's death Plus and her sickness in general. Mia's yeah. Plus uh, Mia's addiction. Mm-hmm. Even missed the the last intervention they did. Yes. Or yes. The last detox because he I couldn't. Say. Yeah, because he couldn't deal. And then you've got his girlfriend, who we don't really know too too much about, but we at least know that they're in a relationship. She's generally endearing, though. Like yeah, she's, she's helping out. She seems really friendly with everybody. Yeah, she's like. She loves David, and it, it, she is mostly characterized by her relationship to David, but they yeah. don't stop there, and I appreciate that. Yeah. That, like, her initial and her main characterization is David's fiance. She's the Linda, of, mm-hmm. and that's why she's there. Yeah. But it's nice to have her be someone who, like, she's the one cutting up the meat. She's helping cook. She's helping everybody else. She's being yeah. supportive of everyone. She's a member of the household yeah. in the cabin Yeah. in, and a, even, in a big even way. Even later, she tries to help Mia when she gets uh, tricked into the Mm -hmm. basement Mm -hmm. like she's trying to help out she shows this like nurturing caring side yeah she's not just see why david likes her yeah 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 it's not just two hetero people in the same room exactly which is kind of what the original feels like yeah you don't really get any sort of relationship no development there you get it in Um, two but you don't get it in the original yes that's right and then we've got eric who is Arguably in love with Olivia. Yeah, that's right? not super clear, but it's I always clear. read them as together. Yeah. Like, they're best friends who grew up together and eventually got together. Yeah. Because that's a dynamic that we see over and over in film. And I think we're just totally. supposed to, like, take that as written. Yeah. Because, I mean, Olivia's the first to die anyway. Well, I yeah. guess Mia's the first to die. And he's but... the one who has to see it. And, yeah. like, yeah. So I kind of always pegged them as at least being just very close. I, there's a romantic subtext. We, I think we yes. can confidently say you can there's feel a romantic that. subtext. Mm-hmm. So right off the top, like, within the first 15 minutes, you get all of this yeah yeah. so you already you already care infinitely more about these characters in this one which helps you along through the story because and it makes it less of like a romp and yes it's like a it's definitely a drama with horror over it just encased it's drama in a world where horror exists exactly and that's what's happening to these people so you automatically like the deaths are a little less like oh shit and they're a little more like oh man yeah you know you, you feel it, it makes <laughs> you, you feel them more we talked it. about yeah. this that like caring about a character makes a death count way more yes but with that being said i think that both of these movies survive on their own in their own merit and i also think that 2013 evil dead did not have to be associated with the original evil dead for it to be a successful horror film no this could have been completely it of course added a lot of richness to it and it kind of gave fans like that oh my god oh my god there's you know there there's yeah, that shot little, from that you get amuse-bouches yeah yeah which which just is delightful but I like a nice Amos Bush. Yeah, exactly. That's what made me think of the word delightful. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, outside of the world in the context of the Evil Dead, you could you would still have a very well told horror story easily, easily. Um, and I think that's what makes this so great. It's like the references are just some delicious cherries on top. 
Right. I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah. It it makes it I think a little bit better of a movie. Like it doesn't. It definitely doesn't detract from it. And I think you're right. If you took it all away, it would still be a great film. Yeah. It's just better than it could be. Definitely. Because it exists in this Evil Dead. I love so, that it's in the world. Yeah. I can't remember if we've said this or not, but I'll you know, I can edit. <laughs> yeah. I do it for hours every week. So one of the things that there was a lot of hot debate over mm-hmm. with this for a while with this film was that is this where does it exist in the universe yes because right around this time ash first the evil dead was coming out this came out you already had three evil dead films two of which clearly weren't related to the other but by name alone and yeah that's that's what i was gonna bring up is that i know that some of them it's like the the rogue one yeah the series right it does it exists it's it's adjacent but it's not linear but what's funny world. yeah exactly but what's funny is that it's it's funny you bring up the star wars thing because it is a little bit like solo and rogue one mm-hmm. evil dead the evil dead the original yeah. is solo in that it's like a fun little romp and you kind of care about the characters but not too much it's cute it's whatever yeah and it's then entertaining this enough. is rogue one where it's like holy shit you went for the gritty you went for the cool you went for all of this stuff but they exist in the same universe. Yeah. So this is a direct sequel. Not direct sequel, but a 30 years later sequel to The Evil Dead. Yes. Um, it is... Out, so, just to quote Fede Alvarez again, it continues the first one. The coincidences on events between the first film and mine are not coincidence, coincidences, but more like dark fate created by the evil book. Ash's mm-hmm. car is still there, rusting away exactly where he left it. Yeah. The cabin is still the same cabin. Yeah. The, that's why... You like, know with the establishing shot that it's a sequel. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that there was a lot of people who were debating that. They're like, is this a reboot? What are you trying to do with this? Why are you trying to take this away from us? Because people, especially white men on the internet, love to just get real sensitive. Oh, yeah. There's so... You can just take two... Don't do it, but you could. Fine. I, just I the won't. worst takes in two seconds. I've got an I've got enough mediocre white man bullshit in my life. I don't need to incite anymore. No. So yeah, that's that's the world it lives in. Is that it's exactly yeah. it's a explicitly a sequel to the first because they fail in the first. Yeah. That's what happened. Like Ash dies at the end. Yeah. So it's a it's I guess the book succeeds and they fail, and so that's why we get that establishing shot of Phoenix Connolly as the teenager. Mm-hmm. who dies in the, the initial shot of the film that's why you get that yeah is that it's like oh this has been happening yeah so i like that i think it's really cool that it exists in the world and i think you're completely right it's a fantastic movie on its own and i think a lot of that goes to the script yeah and the credit for that definitely goes to you know Fede alvarez and uh rota Sayagues, but also to diablo cody mm-hmm. i mean I, I think she's such a great writer yeah there's certain things that i don't always love in her scripts there's little bits and pieces on her, like her own work, but when she does script doctoring and punch up, holy shit, does she sing? Yeah, you know what I mean. Totally, totally, and it 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 really it really shines through in in this one, and it was a successful. How can you turn? Because this could could have easily been bad. Oh, right? easily, yeah. Like I think if if you could go back in time, because I saw this movie after. Or I knew about this movie, like, after it had come out and everyone said it was good. Yeah. Right? But if if I had known about it, like, when it was maybe in the works or they were, like, talking about it or whatever, I would have just assumed it was going to be bad. Yeah. And especially, you know, like, going back and looking at the production of this movie, the, the hell that it went through. Because, yeah. Because, oh, God, there's a whole... That's just a fun aside. There's a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to Sam Raimi's production oh God. hell. Yeah. 
it's longer than his actual Wikipedia page. That's hilarious. He has been beat out by <sighs> every, like, he's had so many of his ideas just, like, taken from him. Oh. And just turned into f- fine or garbage. Yeah. Twice by Kenneth Branagh, which I find really funny. That is funny. But it's it's certainly something that I'm shocked it even got made. Yeah. And I I was pleasantly surprised at how well done it was yeah it's it's i can't say i can't heap enough praises on this movie i mean and i i think that that is what what i said about it standing alone i mean i think that that is a sign that you've got a good sequel yeah right you you shouldn't have to rest on the shoulders of what came before it you should just give like fans little like little easter eggs Mm -hmm. because you could still like i could introduce the evil dead uh, 2000 or evil dead 2013 to anyone i feel like who like yeah. anyone who like have you seen the original evil dead no but you'll you'll probably still in, find things to enjoy about this right it's going to be richer if you've seen the first so ideally you would have but i i wouldn't say like go back and you don't have to go back and watch the first if you really really want to watch like a 2013 style horror film then go ahead you yeah. know, like you don't have to see the first one. No, you I, should because it's it's amazing. But yeah, you should. And I I can't remember if I said this in the first episode or not, but the Evil Dead from 1981 is my number one recommendation for someone who is brand new to horror. Mm-hmm. It's palatable. It's not gonna freak you out. It's not gonna give you nightmares. It's not gonna you know. It's not. It's it's a fun romp. It's got enough in it that um, is gonna ease you into the horror genre and also also it will give you a lot of information about the genre today and it's 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 so important in the canon that if once you've seen that then you can move on to like halloween and friday the 13th texas chainsaw massacre like the classics yeah i don't know what i would introduce as my first but this would be high on the list it's it's a great one because again it's it's palatable it's not gonna like you know, terrorize someone away from a horror film. No. You gotta ease into it. You really do. Right. It's funny, too, that, like, they almost got this film. There's so many almosts about this movie that could have made it better or worse. Uh, hard to say, but, like, originally they had an NC-17 rating. Yeah. Which would match I mean, the X rating that they got for I was about the to say, two. they, yeah, I mean, it, it was banned some places in the 80s. Yeah, a lot of places, yeah. it was brutal um, for that time. But it's funny that also, like, Lily Collins was the original cast for Mia. Lily Collins. Phil oh, Collins' daughter. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, damn. Who's, who's a fine actor, but it's just so funny to me that, like, I don't think it would have been nearly as successful without Jane Levy. I think she's necessary to this movie. Well... The rest of the casting is good, but she's perfect. Yes. She... She's kind... She's got the... She's got the Scream Queen thing... The Scream Queen face. Mm-hmm. And I I don't know how to describe that other than like big far apart eyes that are, she's beautiful. I'm not. She's stunning. I'm, yeah. And she's I'm, got a very old Hollywood look to her. She definitely does. And she's a bit of a chameleon too. Like mm-hmm. you put her in different things um, and, and she could, I, I could see her playing a historical figure too. Like Absolutely. she's, she's got, she's got plenty of things going for her, but. There's just something, there's something about it. There, there's something about the way that she delivers lines and there's something about just her, her vocal tone that reminds me of a scream queen. She's got... Squeaky but raspy, big eyes, good scream. And I believed that she was a heroin addict. 
Like she did yeah. a good job researching that. Yeah, I think I think there's just something something very scream queeny about her. Um, mm-hmm. and that I don't necessarily see in Lily Collins. Yeah. Again, another gorgeous human, but I just, I think Jane Levy was the perfect fit. I think Lily Collins also comes off as very mature. Yes. I'm not going to say older, but, no, but very mature. Yeah. And Jane Levy has this like childlike playfulness to her that I think was perfect for Mia. I'm sure Lily Collins would have brought something different. It would have been just as sure great. Sure, would have been fine. Yeah. Um, sure, it would have been fine, and I wouldn't even be having this discussion. But like, but yeah, I, I I stand by the Jane Levy choice, even though I do love Lily Collins. Yeah, I would completely agree. I I am so excited to see more about this. There's a whole lot of rumors about whether or not there's another one coming. So just for fans, if you haven't seen, Fetty Alvarez has said multiple times he would love to make another Evil Dead mm-hmm. too. Yeah, he would, he would love to make it with jane levy again uh they did work together three years later on don't breathe which yes. is another great movie highly completely recommend completely different yeah, yeah what he has said is that he has a script that he likes for don't breathe 2 mm-hmm. he does not have one he likes for evil dead 2 yeah i wouldn't rule it out like it might be five ten years from now but i wouldn't rule it out or it'll be another sam raimi production hell situation maybe because like i know bruce campbell's retired from the role yeah, uh, I think we said that in the first part of this uh, this double episode, but I, it was yeah. funny to me that like Sam was just like, oh yeah, I think he's just tired of me hucking blood at him. Fair. Yeah, he's done Fair. a lot of it over it's the a, years. It's, a, it's lot a lot of it over the it's, years. It's been a lot. Gallons and gallons and gallons of blood that Sam Raimi has personally thrown yeah. on Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I I think I would be a little upset about that too if I endured that for a couple <laughs> years. I mean, I don't I mean know. they've been best friends for decades. It's yeah they clearly are fine together but it's just funny that he's just like nah man i'm I'm good i'm good i've done plenty of ash over the years yeah i mean retirement means a lot i would agree so yeah do uh do you have any other points i think that's that really you... all i've got i mean i could i could go on for hours and hours and hours just about production stuff alone but i think yeah. it's just a really cool i'm really excited about this movie just every time i see it and think about it i'm like oh i could definitely watch this again right now this is like a weird horrifying comfort movie for me are you talking about the 1981 or the 2000 all of them oh, okay. actually the whole the whole series like yeah. I, army of darkness is the one i've seen the least yeah but it's i could watch any of these at any time and be completely happy i think evil dead 2 is still my favorite that one's really fun it's it's such a great balance of comedy and good horror and the story's cool and the production's cool and would you the say makeup it's is... groovy Ooh, groovy <laughs> oh, I don't have the deep voice for it. It's okay. Groovy. Thank you. Thank you for pinch hitting. Which is also, sorry, that's also Bruce Campbell's only line in the new one. <laughs> in that's the sequel, true. That's true. He, he uh, has he makes that little appearance. stinger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little stinger cameo there. It's cute. I love it. it. Um, so yeah, if if that's all we've got, then we're, we're going to leave it here. Yeah, my back hurts. I could definitely stand up. Yeah, quarantine has been rough on the body. Oof. All right. You know where to find us. Instagram Horror Babes Podcast. We've got a Twitter, Horror Babes Pod, and then we are at horrorbabespod.com. I'm Nicole. I'll swallow your soul, but I'm Topher while I do it. Great. Cool. Just as long as it's you. All right. Till next time. Bye, Bye babes. babes. You knew I was going to do it.